You're listening to WRUULP Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM, WRUU.org, Savannah Soundings, community radio with global soul. Hey, what's up? You're listening to Bring It In, and I'm your host, Glenn Pierce. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Bring It In Show for all your sports questions and comments. The viewpoints expressed in the following program are not necessarily those of WRUU, its license holder, or its staff. Welcome in, everybody. It's another beautiful, sunny day down here in Savannah, Georgia. Let me get... I'm sorry if I'm coming through a little too loud for you, but what's going on? We got Jamie, Jeff, and Kells. Everybody is back. I want to say this is the first time in like three or four weeks that we've uh, we've all been on the show together so it's nice to see everybody and and we'll get to everybody throughout the uh show we got a guest coming in at about 11 30 hank newbert from from up in ithaca jamie uh jamie secured this guest and it's gonna be a a good time so man with so so much is going on in the sports uh world this past week i mean we've had the olympics were coming to a close we got over in cleveland as you heard on one of our short podcasts that jamie and i did we had the uh cleveland changed their name to the cleveland guardians and now and now some uh some problems are coming up with that we got there's a men's roller hockey team down up in Cleveland named the Guardians and within the past uh like couple I want to say the 27th of um June like maybe that might be that actual day that everybody was um just hearing about the Cleveland Guardians baseball team's name change and so the roller hockey team opened a uh merchandise shop that exact same day selling t-shirts koozies shorts whatever you want cleveland guardians the roller hockey team has it now just because uh when they came out with it it seems it seems a little shady but they um have been a legal business in Cleveland. A league, they got the trademark name um, back in 2017. So I don't know if it's something that the uh, baseball team didn't do research about. It's like we're falling back into the whole Washington, D.C. football team uh, when they had all these great names, like a bucket full of great names that they were all trademarked but this is a team like they should have been able to find out about this team so we'll we'll see oh wow. coach coach morgan what, coach what are the chances yeah 
Coach Morgan back from uh, a little vacay, and he's already starting with his. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. It wouldn't be good. It wouldn't be great if it uh, if it was smooth. It wouldn't be normal if it was smooth in Cleveland. So, I mean, Coach Morgan's already talking about taking the uh, fantasy championship from us this year. So, I'm sure he's not going to be getting his advice from jeff this year that kind of took him down the wrong but i'm sure there was a small percentage of population that was very aware of the fact that there was even a a roller derby league for men's in this united states so (laughs) what what do they do now no roller derby if i if i said roller hockey i'm sorry roller derby i just got one question it's official yeah there is officially a team does this mean we have some type of understanding of why Washington football team is the Washington football team? Yeah. I mean, there's, I mean, but you got lawyers that should be all over this, but I mean, Hey, yeah. Yeah. Someone didn't do their job. There is a set of lawyers all over this, but yeah, Yeah. well, they're, they're going into litigation right now. And the roller derby team is digging their heels in Coach Morgan's taking Lamar first because of Jeff. So, <laughs> hey, that's a good pick. That's I, a good pick. I mean, it is like 350 points, probably at least. Yeah. Look, I don't know if you want to talk about fantasy right now. Not but well, just to say something. Say something quick. These boys need to get vaccinated because we're gonna have problems, man. Yeah, we're we are. Everywhere, and there's another one. I heard there's a Lambda variant now too. So yeah, there if is. If they're not vaccinated, they're going to be highly scrutinized with testing. Uh, and if you are vaccinated, it's not as crazy. So I mean, yeah. So I'm waiting for the NFL to make an announcement that they have to be vaccinated, just because there's going to be there's going to be forfeits. Yeah, and that's what they said. That's what they said. But uh, we'll get into some more fantasy talk and more football talk uh, in a little bit. But some other huge worldly news out there. Probably the biggest name in sports at the moment. Leo Messi has announced he is not signing that. And I, I thought over the last year that um, I thought I had read that he had already agreed to this. But he hadn't signed the contract. And now Leo Messi is not coming back to Barcelona. So he's decided to go to France and play for uh, Paris Saint-Germain, which they're stacking up. They've been slowly building a uh, they they've been slowly building a uh, uh, like the best starting 11 that some are saying the best starting 11. I mean, on the outsides, you're gonna have Neymar and um, you're gonna have Neymar and Messi right up in the middle. You're gonna have Mbappe and um, like I can't I, the name start. I think Sergio uh, uh, names names slip in my head, but I mean they just they they got a dominant team. So look look for them to try to. Uh, win some European hardware 
within these next two years because I believe they've only signed Messi for two years. And the word on the street is he's had his eye on uh, coming down to Miami and finishing his career off in Miami. So, yeah, so they thought they thought it was going to be five more years in Europe, in Barcelona, but now he's ended up uh, two years in France. We'll see if he if he stays a little longer or if he just heads straight down to um, Miami after that. So, yeah. Crazy. And then all those Olympics. Good for PSG. Yeah, it's great for PSG. We got the uh, the Olympics. Were you guys? I mean, how how much Olympics did you guys watch? Was it on at your house constantly? I I kept the Olympics on most of the Olympics. There was some kind of Olympic sport going on on a TV in my yeah, I house. Had it, I had it on. I, we watched it while we were on vacation a bunch. Watched up most of the last week during the night. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was it was good to watch, man. I heard ratings were tanked, and they were real low. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, I don't understand it. I mean, it's, it's <clears throat> sports. It's the Olympics. Yeah. I, I almost feel like at, at one point, it now that we have so much coverage of the Olympics, I mean, it's 24-hour coverage on three to four different TV stations and I I just feel like there's so much Olympics now that it almost waters down the ratings but I love it. I, I, I love wanna, being well, able to flip not, through. Let, let, I've got one other thing to say about it. Yeah. You got let's, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say that look <laughs> the Olympics the timing of it being in Tokyo you know, they're playing all middle of the night and First thing in the morning, yeah. It's like all these people that would watch are just finding out, looking on their phone and seeing the cover for the mo- or like at that's, least knowing what happened. Yeah, that's why I let you go because I had a feeling you were going to say that, and that's kind of exactly what I was going to say. Um, you know, all the sports that people were really wanting to watch were on at weird times. Yeah, um, and with DV with DVRs now, people will just they're happy to record it while they're at work or sleeping, watch it when they get the opportunity to watch it. And like you say, the coverage. I mean. A lot of Olympic, a lot of stations were replaying things from you know a day of a day before, so it was always yeah. a chance to catch a replay. Um, but again, look look at the big sports. Where where was where was basketball on at, at a time where people were really going to want to watch it? I mean, it started yeah. at like twelve fifteen, twelve thirty. They prime time the speedwalkers, but how many speedwalker fans are honestly going to sit there and watch two hours of people running walking down the street? That's yeah, you gotta watch it for a few minutes and watch it and see. Oh man, them guys are walking fast. All right, what else is on? <laughs> yeah, those guys are walking fast. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I wasn't one of those guys thinking I could compete in that. No, I, well, I can't do that. No, I did enjoy watching the uh, the women's indoor and outdoor volleyball teams. Man, they were. It's fun to watch. Man, that's such a good sport. It's high paced, uh, fast paced, and it's. Did we good. win the uh, beach gold? Incredible. Cause we won the uh, the indoor gold, I knew. And indoor, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we won them both. 
We won. Yeah, we won cool. the three basketball competitions we were in. We we're in the women's three v three and the men's and women's full teams. We didn't put a team in uh, for the men's three v three, but I actually uh, I got down. I was enjoying the three v three basketball when I was watching it. The women's team. I mean, we're we're balling on them. Um, but yeah, oh, yeah, that last night. We go through, and um, we started off the last day of the Olympics two gold medals down on, from China. We're, uh, they were sitting at 38 golds. We had 36. Woke up that next morning, boom, we had 39. We finished one gold medal ahead of uh, China. Yeah, did you guys see the, uh, the high diving competition? I saw some of it. That 14-year-old Chinese girl must have weighed like, I don't know, 70 pounds or something. Yeah. She was, and she was, I mean, there was no splash ever. It was unfreaking believable. Yeah. I mean, that's a, uh, (laughs) kind of like, it's kind of like a cheat code, right? I mean, youngest possible person. She wasn't going to be able to compete last year if they held it in 2020. And she was able to, uh, I mean, it's it's that's one of those things where should they they were pushing on it being the 2020 and trying to keep it as authentic as possible as the 2020 olympics but then they let somebody slip in that shouldn't have been there last year that's the only thing i don't know about but yeah um i mean whatever she's still the best yeah yeah i mean it is we'll we'll see uh in four more years in paris we'll see uh how how she's been keeping She'll it up. Probably grow a foot and gain forty pounds. <laughs> yeah. Um, one of my favorite things to see was uh, Gable Stevenson becoming one of the first Olympic uh, freestyle, becoming the first Olympic freestyle man to win gold since nineteen ninety two. And it was a match against Georgia, and it was, man, it it seemed like it was a dull match because nothing was happening. We, uh, Stevenson took the lead towards the end of the uh, match, and then all of a sudden uh, the Georgian wrestler, wrestler uh, countered him and rolled him around, and he got up. He was up uh, eight to five with like 30 seconds left and it looked like i mean man these two were so well matched and our guy hadn't been scored on throughout the entire uh olympics but this georgian wrestler was favored so going down 30 seconds left um our guy got like one point and then all of a sudden, uh, with like 15 seconds, he managed to get a uh, get behind him and get control. Like right as time expired, he got back there. Man, won the gold. And then, I mean, I want to say Stevenson weighs. Oh, I want to say he was he's a uh, heavyweight. I think he was wrestling. I I found it 125 kilograms. I think he is like 275 or something. If anybody's great at uh, their kilogram math. Um, 
but you don't have to go. But after he won, he did a perfect backflip. Like nice. that big. That big, big of a man. Boy. Yeah. Doing a backflip, winning gold, pumped. And such uh, a great comeback. Yeah, it was a it was an amazing comeback. So that was one of my favorite yeah, things to say. Banks, yeah. When I was in the outer banks, I was doing front flips into the pool. Oh, barely uh, getting my feet there. <laughs> yeah, I I used to be able to do some front flips and back flips into pools, but I don't know if I can now. I I need to sit down and stretch for a little bit. So you just gotta go. You just gotta go for it, man. Go just for it. Send it. All right, gotta, all right. You gotta channel your USA gymnastics. Yeah, that's right. And there was yeah. You know what else was great to watch? <clears throat> what the, the all the racing was good. All the track and field, like the. 400 100 the yeah relays, they were fun man. yeah that, that's always good man we came and won the uh four by four at the uh end of the olympics just a couple days ago that was nice to watch yep. um felix got her 11th gold and has the most in track and field now yeah yeah good um, that's awesome that's like i think i saw that's like 30 this Olympics, like thirty-two thousand dollars, every gold medal you get. So that's working, working it out. We we found out last night. Michael Phelps made about one point nine million dollars from winning Olympic events, but because of speaking events and commercials and stuff like that, Phelps is worth a whopping. Eighty million dollars. So I mean, he just throws all those. He throw. He's the only person who can throw twenty-eight medals around his neck and then go take pictures for a Wheaties box. Uh, right. I know Simone Biles did too. Yeah, but how many does she have? She was like, I'll just sit out this Olympics. Yeah, she could. I mean, she could have came. Twenty-eight's a lot, man. Yeah, I mean that's that's a lot. The advantage some of the swimmers have on competing like if they can if they're good at multiple uh strokes i mean they can jump in it on all kinds of races so plus his longevity was crazy too i mean how many olympics yeah. did he compete yeah four five he wasn't think, supposed think, to be there in that last that last olympics he competed he wasn't technically supposed to be there so and i was glad because the the U.S. team got that one gold medal over China because Americans, we tend to look at the overall medal count, which we crushed that. That was like 108 medals to the next, um, to China, who had like 87. And, uh, oh, when do you guys take this real quick? I got a call coming in. Excellent. Yeah, so, yeah, the United States count 113 total. Yeah. And China, the next one total with 88. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I guess, is that generally the trend? I mean, I think we probably end up with more athletes in the Olympics than most. Yeah, I think yeah. Athletes, us, China, and the, the Russians uh, yeah. are always the the most. So, that I mean, that's what the order was, too, right? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I so, saw a stat on ESPN that said that was seven Summer Olympics in a row. I think that we had either 
most gold medals or most medals total. I can't remember. I think it was gold, so. Yeah, I think it was gold. Yeah, yeah. We we were actually lacking a little bit the past two summer Olympics, I believe. We left with 47 gold, and um, we just got 39 this year. But it's nice to leave with the most golds because that's what the whole world looks at the winner of the Olympics because, I mean, like you guys were saying, we sent so many people there. Like, of course, we're going to win the most medals, but it wasn't until the first modern Olympic Games um, or no, in the first modern Olympic Games in Athens in 1896, only the winners won anything. The first place uh, winner was given a silver medal. Second place was awarded a bronze medal. And then third was left empty handed. And it wasn't always a bronze medal. It was either like a bronze medal or a bronze or a copper cup like it was just like what do we have back here that we can give the second place and it wasn't until 1904 in the st louis olympics when we kind of were like hey it'd be nice if we gave three medals a gold a silver and a bronze um for these so because it all started the three medal system started in america it's just another uh thing that the rest of the country can kind of be like well you guys started giving away second and third place medals to everybody because of you don't like losing but so it's good to win the most golds but i mean it's also it's also awesome at the end of the day last night during the closing ceremony. I mean, I couldn't watch the whole 2 hours, but I I turned it on and kept shooting over and looking at it and to see like some of the the countries like getting together for selfies and just like the camaraderie of I mean, they we got the the most athletic people in the world all celebrating and whatnot. So I didn't necessarily see the men's basketball team or the women's U.S. soccer team, which I was kind of, I was hoping that we saw that. So, but, but we didn't. Nope. And now it's on to football. You see, Paint Manning finishing up his um, Hall of Fame acceptance speech. He had some funny things in there to say. He was uh, he was saying how he only had about six minutes to talk because Ray Lewis had just finished his uh, acceptance speech from two years ago. Um, and then he said Tom Brady was in the crowd, but he'll he'll only have enough time to post his acceptance speech on Instagram by the time he retires at uh, 2035. So here's throwing some jokes around to everybody, just keeping it lighthearted. But, I mean, we got one football game. Yeah, we got one football game in the books. And uh, it's... 
Awesome. It's easy to talk smack about it. I know. <clears throat> it's just the first game of the year. There wasn't a lot of starters in that game going on. No, but Jamie, I want to ask you what you thought of what it, uh, because I totally forgot about that. I'm glad you said something about starters. Um, and you had a starter that went down for a little bit. Looked like he caught a next stinger. What were your thoughts about Chase Claypool being out on the field for the Hall of Fame game? Hey, got to get your reps in. You know, he's got to get his TikTok, you know, account up to speed. So yeah. he, he had to play. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> I, I I was a little surprised to see him out there um, for, for more than a few sets of downs. Not too surprised to see Najee Harris out there to try to get up to speed. Yeah, he looked pretty good. Um, I was expecting I, to see know, Najee hey, Harris out there, um, it's, and maybe it's even Johnson. But I just did not expect to see Chase Claypool out there um, after what the flashes he showed us last year. Um, I just didn't expect to see him in that first Hall of Fame game. So it's only his second year. I mean, yeah. he's going to be a solid, solid player in NFL and in fantasy for his whole career. I think. I mean, I got him and Deontay kind of neck and neck for the receivers on the uh, Steelers right now. Yeah, Juju. I wish he would have gone somewhere else, man, because he's just going to be taking targets from these guys, and he's not explosive anymore. I mean, he can catch a, a ball over the middle and and take it to the house occasionally, but so can the other guys. Yeah, I jumped all over Deontay in about, I want to say, the fifth round, fifth or so round of a uh, fantasy mock yesterday. So, I, I, yeah, that's when you got to get him. Yeah, I think he would great value at that point. Um, because, I well, mean. Especially in PPR, he's getting, he was seeing like, you know, 10 targets a game almost. I mean, some yeah. games is, is crazy. And, and Ben's going to have a better bounce back year than he did last year. That's for sure. Especially with Najee Harris. Yeah, with Najee, yeah, that's going to be big yeah, for him. That field. Yeah. That was a yeah, huge draft offensive line. Yeah, that's the big thing. The offensive line, it's got to pull themselves together. Yeah. They let, they they let a few really guys go. Play. We lost some retirement. You know, I mean, it's a pretty new group up there. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of good defenses, especially a lot of good defensive lines in the NFL. So, yeah, it'll be a test for for uh, Roethlisberger. He's going to have to be out. He's going to have to be out of the pocket and throwing that ball by like 1.2 seconds. I mean, he's not going to have a lot of time. <laughs> I mean, the, the whole whole league knows Big Ben, right? They, they, they're all gunning for him because he's such a yeah. tough dude to take down. So they just got to try to get to him early, and they always have tried. And a lot of times he can get away, and we'll see. Yeah. We'll see how well, it goes I mean, this year, buddy. I think ja Jamie said it best last year, though. It was like, you know, where was the running game with James Conner and, you know, all them boys. And this year, I think with Najee, that's just going to open the play action for Big Ben, hopefully. And yeah. It should help them yeah. because they got a now, great receiving course. Now, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now here's the thing with Najee. I, I don't. I'm. I don't want to take him, man. I, I know a lot of the guys are like, yeah, Najee's gonna be good. You know, he'll be a top ten back. He's got the whole workload. But I don't know, man. I I I can't put it on. I can't draft him this year personally. Well, the thing is, he's gonna end up going pretty high, most likely for a yeah. lot of um. 
weathered fantasy. Yeah. First, right? Yeah. And for a lot of weathered uh, fantasy owners, they're just they're gonna be they're gonna be iffy about a rookie running back. I mean, the game's so fast, and you're mentioning problems with the offensive line. So, I mean, great a a great end of the second round pickup, maybe third round pickup. Um, but yeah, he's because he's early. gonna be the I number mean, he, he one could guy. Pay out. Oh, I mean, there's there's a good chance he will pay out, but it's still a risk when you have um, guys that have been there and done it before in the NFL. So, yeah, we'll yeah. we'll see. With as many picks out there, I wouldn't take Najee before the fourth round. That's me personally. But it's like y'all said in these mocks, he's going high. He's going like second and third round. Yeah, I believe he went first round in that mock i did yesterday now that was a weird mock really? because the second pick was patrick mahomes so i mean well yeah i mean but mahomes will get you a lot of points so i mean I, yeah maybe yeah, he's, he's playing on uh some sleeper wide receivers and sleeper running backs so we'll we'll see about that but i'm going to uh ask everybody to stick with us as we take a short break for the commercial for the uh station id and some stuff like that and when we get back we'll have interview with hank newbert president of ithaca's umpire association so hey everybody i want to welcome you back and i want to take a quick Quick second and congratulate the Savannah Bananas on the 2021 CPL Championship. They, uh, they, they just been, I mean, they have such a, uh, I want to say it's almost an unfair advantage, um, because they're such an awesome team to play for. There's Jesse Cole has built such an awesome organization that just good players just tend to flood into the savannah bananas and just want to constantly play for the bananas so he's he's got that advantage where he can just go and i mean he's got the pick of uh a lot of players so it's it's awesome and congratulations to them for winning the championship and they pretty much dominated the entire year so we will be on the lookout for um they still have some games going just because they keep playing to keep the fans um entertained and uh we'll talk to jesse hopefully sometime within the next month to see their off-season plans because they last year they went to mobile alabama and they'll be uh traveling around but for now i would like to welcome Hank Newbert, the president of the Ithaca Baseball Umpires Association and head coach of the Newfield Central Trojans football team. Hey, nice to see, nice to meet you, Hank. How you doing? Hi, fellas. Thanks for having having me on. It's nice on those Monday mornings, uh, sitting in my office at, at school, listening to you guys in bits and pieces, and now getting on, getting to be on here with you. I feel like I'm on on with some radio. Uh, royalty right now i can tell you this though in this this next half hour i don't know if i'm going to win you guys any marconi awards for radio greatness but 
we'll give it a shot. Yeah. Hey, yeah. We'll, we'll, yeah. Thanks. Well, you know, leave that to us. We'll get there. <laughs> man, absolutely. Hey, man, it's such a pleasure to have you on the show. And honestly, uh, from I know I speak for all of us to thank you for taking the time to listen to us on Mondays. It's a tough gig um, to get out of, you know, get away from work and listen to it. So we do appreciate anybody that's listening, your comments. First off, I want to congratulate you, Hank. I can't be any more happier than anybody you know, uh, maybe a few people that know you, um, for that head coaching job. How excited are you to go into the season with that, that position? Thank you. It's, it's great. It's great. I've been involved with the with the school district and the football program uh, going on my seventh year uh, now at the modified level and assistant uh, varsity coach. Left for a couple of years. Uh, went back to my alma mater at Lansing and coached. Uh, there with Brett Hotchkiss and his staff. And now uh, when this uh, new field job opened up, uh, it's a perfect situation for me as the dean of students in the elementary school and then filling the role of uh, varsity head coach. It's great. It's a wonderful community. Uh, the school district really is the hub of our community in Newfield. Uh, from where Jamie grew up, it's right up the hill from Ithaca where Jamie uh, grew up. So it's a smaller community. We have about 650 total students uh, 300 in the elementary school, 300. So it's a small, small district. Uh, but football really does bring the community together, the traditional Friday night lights. We don't have lights. We play Saturdays at noon, similar to the, to the college setup. But, yeah, I'm really excited. We have a great group of kids, and I'm really looking forward to it, the head coaching opportunity. It's something that, that we all, if we're going to do this, we want to do it at the, at the highest level and have your program. And I have a great group of kids. I have a couple of fantastic assistant coaches. Who also has some Ithaca roots, Jamie. They've coached down there for the last few years and came up with me up to Newfield. So, looking forward to that. But thank you. That's great. Yeah, I was going to ask you if you were doing any local recruiting for assistant coaching on your staff and anybody that we yeah, might know. Uh, Ian Valentine, who is uh, a Newfield Newfield grad, and his kids works out perfectly for him. He was the JV coach down at Ithaca High School uh, for many years. Might be as many as seven years. Now. He was also the, he was also the varsity baseball coach at Ithaca for a while. He's going to come. He's going to be my de defensive coordinator. And then Chad Rylott also coached uh, JV football down at uh, uh, Ithaca High School. He's coming up, and he's going He's going to uh, special teams. He's going to, he's going to really help with the defense and offense with us. So, yeah, reach out to, to your alma mater for a couple coaches down there who have new field roots, so they're happy to be there. And yeah, we're yeah. also doing a neat thing, uh, Coach Rylott, is we're revamping the whole youth football program in our area. Uh, football is, it's really, I'm not saying dying, but it's really going, not as many kids are interested. So we're trying the uh, USA uh, flag football thing for all of our youth sport, for all of the youth football going all the way until they get to the, to the they can play for the school in seventh grade. So we're going to give that a shot and see if that grows in the surrounding area. But we're really trying to find ways to grow, regrow football uh, in our area. And I know it's similar in other areas uh, throughout the country that it's hard to get kids to play. It's not the yeah. old adage, it used to always be football versus soccer. No, now it's let's just try and get kids out to play a sport. It's it's kids not wanting not wanting to do things. It's sports versus the video games. Just yeah. we're to the point now, just get kids out and do things. Yeah. I've actually always been a big fan of youth sports and uh like 
young football players starting out with flag football, I feel like it takes some of the stigma away. So parents that may not want to hear about concussions and things, so they're not necessarily taking those hits that the parents are scared of. And I think it it really helps out kids with their um, their footwork and, and stuff like that. So I, I think that's a, a yeah. great, great thing. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't agree more with that. And I mean, a lot of it is the mom, the, the, the mothers and fathers that putting their minds at ease to get the kids involved. But also, and I'm sure it is the same in, in your area, down around, down here with you guys. I mean, even now with the practices at the varsity level, the junior varsity, varsity level, uh, they're trying to go further and further away from the traditional double sessions, from the hitting all the time at practice, trying to make it. You know, there is a lot of the awareness of the concussion, but also other injuries and stuff like that. So if we treat, if we teach uh, the proper footwork, the proper uh, mechanics, uh, as you would have it at that young level, and just worried about playing flag football and doing the fundamentals, that will translate into less kids getting hurt because you can still do the proper tackling stuff with just reaching and grabbing that flag. You're still breaking down. You're still being athletic, and you're teaching it in a safe way. But, yeah, and it's one of the things with you guys, and one that I want to touch on uh, about you guys. But, but yeah, you guys talk sports uh, for this, and you're very knowledgeable of it. But, yeah, you get the idea. Yeah, that's why stuff is going towards this. It's to to reduce the risk of injury and to keep kids more interested. They're not getting hurt, not being not worried about getting hurt. One thing before we go on to other stuff, I just have to say about you guys, listening to you guys, you know, in the bits and pieces of Monday and then today, your your knowledge of sports right now in the today, it's just fantastic. I was telling my wife before we got on, I said, just amazingly these guys, they're up to speed with names and everything. I can tell you right now, I can tell you like a team that I didn't have a dog is like the 1979 Pittsburgh Pirates. I can tell you ever sledder on that team. I couldn't tell you three guys tonight that will start for the Pittsburgh Pirates or the Pittsburgh Steelers this weekend in an exhibition game. So uh, kudos to you guys with that. It's phenomenal. Some of the times I'm listening to you guys talk about stuff, and I'm like, man, these guys are up to speed. I I mean, and I'm pretty knowledgeable of sports, but my knowledge does not go into what's going on right now. So <laughs> props to you guys. I like that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Man, yeah, that '79 Pirates team—that was a good, good ball club right there. <laughs> that was good. That was—that was right in our wheelhouse when we were all getting into baseball. Eight, seven, eight years old. Yeah. Uh, those baseball cards. But, that's a, but yeah, that's funny. That's always my line with. But I can tell you, '79 Pirates. But dude, who's starting uh, tomorrow night for the Pirates right now? I struggle with. Man, so hey, go. We can transition to baseball right now if that—it's fine with me. Um, yeah, absolutely. just speaking about that, how, how do you feel just in general? You and I are a little bit older than the other hosts here. We go back yeah. a long way playing baseball. We're just some, we're old school baseball players. Well, don't think we don't think for one second we're not getting out of here without me telling some stories about you playing baseball growing up. Man, I hear you. Think mm, yeah. You took the chance having me on today. I'll, I'll throw out a couple stories about Jamie here. But go ahead, yeah. brother. Yeah, well, what what do you think about how baseball has sort of gotten? Uh, we're we're making some changes here, you know, over the last few years. Um, social media has kind of allowed that a little bit, um, on account of cameras everywhere, uh, replays everywhere. We're looking at things. 
Um, the biggest controversy right now in baseball is the automated strike zone. You, being an Perfect. official for several years, Hank, and I know your experience, and I know you're a good one. Um, what is your thoughts leading into what could potentially be a major change in baseball? Yeah, it's uh, and it's been this thing. I mean, going way back to uh, when I first dropped, uh, and this is not for the kids to listen to. I literally dropped out of college to go to professional umpire school. That was back in 1992. So this is all. It was always my dream to be a uh, a major league umpire. Obviously, that didn't pan out, but I stayed very active with our high school and college. So not for moms and dads to to hear this that dropping out of college and going to umpire school the best decision ever, but it's kept me involved with baseball. It's been uh, fantastic. And now going into this, I mean, they've talked about starting back in 1992, worrying about, you know, they're going to start putting the strike zones on the screen. They're going to start doing this. Now this automatic made it stuff. It's what people don't understand is, especially at the major league level, but even at the, uh, you know, minor leagues, the higher college baseball, high school baseball, it's really hard. What those major league guys do, the speed of that, we can't comprehend the speed of what those guys do and, and where they're making calls. That that outshape call, even with perfect timing, great mechanics taking their time, it is boom, boom. It, it is split, split second. The strike zone. We are talking the little red, little red the stitch on the baseball, touching that little bit of black on on that plate, and, and seeing that and getting that right. And bottom line is people people focus on the negative. These guys are right 99.9% of the time. I mean, if you think about how many pitches they're calling, how many bang-bang plays on the out on the bases, they're right 90, 99% of the time. They are absolutely the best of the best to do them. Yes, I understand the whole thing. Same thing with football, with officiating, uh, with the replay and everything. You want to get things right. There's no doubt the umpires want to get things right. The fans want to get things right. But you can't take the person, the, the, the human uh, experience out of it. That is part of it. And also, part of the baseball, starting the runner on second base with extra innings, uh, it becomes a thing to speed up the game. Baseball, unfortunately, is a slow game. It's a it's a thinking man. It's a thinking man's game. It's a it's a game for for smarter people. There's a lot that goes into it, and I understand that it's painful. My own wife, my own daughter, will tell you it, it pains them to watch it on TV. Well, I've got it on. They don't mind having it on in the background. But we're sitting down to watch it, and people don't want to do it all over the place, and that's why, and that's why it's a dying game. But yeah, the the, the pushing towards the automated strike zone, it's concerning. I mean, it, it's yeah. going to take away from the game. But right now, they are trying things with the runner on second base. They're trying to make baseball more viewer friendly, and part of that, some of that's going to go well. I mean, look at back when they when they opened up the wild card, everyone was like, "Oh, this is going to yeah. ruin baseball." It really hasn't been baseball. Baseball's still fun to watch. So you never saw some of it. It's but added the excitement. Umpire, yeah, exactly. But as a as an umpire, that whole the more you take away we want to get things right, but the more you take away from the game. And they have and that's without getting into guys with okay, you do the automatic strike zone. So you're still gonna have an umpire there because you're gonna still have not only outsays at the play, you're gonna have catchers interference. You're gonna have you know, you're going to have bot calls from there that the yeah. home plate umpire can see. There's so much that will go into it. But it'll, it will be interesting to see how they do it going forward. 
Well, I tell you what, I think one thing that really made it very difficult for pitcher or for calling balls and strikes is the pitchers uh, using, um, you know, spider tack and some other ingredients to, to, to make some movement on the ball. When you're getting that late movement and you're seeing it as an umpire, you know, that ball could be six inches outside coming in and in the last six, you know, feet, it's moving into the strike zone. And it clearly looks like a ball as it's crossing the plate, but in replays, Man, you're right. That red line caught the corner. Black strike, you know, hit for a strike. And you got upset umpire or upset coaches, players, and everything like that. I feel like that spider tag has got to go. Well, absolutely. And, Jamer, that's such a great point. Because not only that, the ball is doing things that it didn't do before. Now, granted, the level at, at the high school, small college, the level part, I'm not seeing it like that. But just having the idea and, you know, listening to some, listening to interviews with pitchers and catchers and umpires. The ball's doing things that it didn't do before. Now, granted, through the years, they put different things on the baseball, but the baseball's doing things. And the perfect, Jamie, as a as a youth pitcher yourself of, of some talent, the ball's doing things that they're not used to seeing. And it has that late break. And also, not only the umpires haven't seen it, but the batters haven't seen it, too. And that adds to a frustrating thing. And if the offense continues to diminish in Major League Baseball, they, they are not only going to completely – ban that and obviously they're checking for they're going to have to do something because yeah at that point when yeah. nobody's hitting the ball it's either a strikeout or a home run you're not going to get people to watch but while we have that let me tell you a little story about mr jamie van gorder here so oh, we're 13 year old kids playing baseball um you know we had played little league a little bit against each other's all-stars and stuff so we get to our 13 year old league local league early game of the season jamie's pitching i'm up to bat I was a mediocre player at best. Mediocre, me, mediocre might be a stretch. Jamie was pretty good. Uh, I'm a thirteen-year-old kid, little chubby guy up there. Jamie breaks off a curveball, a a big true to God twelve twelve to sixer, and my thirteen-year-old eyes had never seen such a thing. And we were friends. We had a relationship. And I stood there. Uh, I stood there. I was like, "What was that?" And he was like, "It's a curveball," and the old um. <laughs> Jamie, I don't know if you'll remember Roger Miller. He umpired all our games. Yeah, we were a little, okay. had that outside tractor. Roger Miller was the home plate umpire. Kids, you not, fellas. I looked at Jamie. I was like, what was that? Jamie kind of laughed and curveball, said it's curveball. And Mr. Miller said, first one, huh? I was like, yeah. Jamie <laughs> threw another one, threw another one. I flailed at it, struck out. And that was the end of that at bat. But that was my indoctrination to, to seeing a curveball. And now all these years later, it's nearly a 50-year-old man. Now I'm umpiring kids. And you still do get that reaction in high baseball when it, when a kid throws that when it, when a batter first time he sees that really good curveball. Well, my experience came from Jamie Van Gore. Oh. Other thing about Jamie that same time, Jamie was the first kid of all of us in our age group that was able to head first slide properly. Jamie could play, he was the first one that properly head first slid. So there you go. That's just Man, two I big claims there. I just got a loved, few, but I wanted to get those. I always loved just getting dirty, man. I had my nickname on the ball field was Dirt, so every time I showed up, I looked like a pig pen. Hey, and you know what? I had to have a curveball, Hank, because I couldn't get a fastball by anybody. Yeah, well, there you go. Well, that curveball broke. But Jamie, Jamie, I kid you not, when I experienced that during a high school game behind the plate, and you you see that kid for that first time with that buckle, and he's like, wow. And I, I kid you not, I think about you every time. Uh, yeah, I remember that. That's, that was a long great. time ago. But it happens. It's one of those. It's one of those moments that we all had 
growing up playing baseball, that first time you see a legit curveball. And I, I wish the story was about me hitting a bomb like 450 feet or something. That would have been a little bit <laughs> nice. I appreciate that, Hank. We had a lot of fun playing. <laughs> Hey, let me ask yeah, you this yeah. question. At, at your high school yeah. level and at the low college that you've been doing, do you see a lot of shifting in the infields at that level? No, we don't, and I'm really grateful for it. I mean, a little bit the same stuff that, that's always gone on. Uh, the biggest thing that we're seeing uh, that at the high school level that's now different, a lot of coaches are doing some of the higher-level college coaches are going to the football-type wristband with the numbers with signs rather than going signals. Uh, we're not seeing as much shifting. Uh, I'm sure that's going to come, but I can, and so I did, I'm up to about uh, 52 games, I guess, this spring and summer that I've done, and I've not seen any shifting, even in the uh, elite, like, college uh, showcases like that, uh, uh, the PBR, that pro baseball report, uh, tournaments that come over in the Cortland by us, and they play not even a whole lot of shifting in that. Now, granted, those are all-star elite teams, so they haven't played together. But none of it at the high school level. But the high school teams are starting to go more towards the football-style wristband, calling out numbers in bunt situations, steal situations, stuff like that. Get away from the stealing signs out there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I know, but now all you got because high school kids will always be high school kids, and the the country around is all the same. Now, anytime a coach calls out a number, the opposing dugout. They're just rattling off all sorts of numbers. They're throwing <laughs> diners out there, like walkie talkies. I can uh, only so imagine. They, yeah, exactly. That that's where that's the new trash talk. Is guys on the other dugout uh, yelling out the numbers that the Yeah. Now, I heard you mention something a little while ago about getting more people to watch. Uh, to tune into baseball and kind of drive that interest back up. And this Thursday, we we get a game that I feel like is is really designed for people our generation to tune in. So I don't know if it's it's really what baseball needs, but something similar to this, the uh, Field of Dreams game that we have coming on Thursday. I think it's fantastic idea yeah is there I, some I, other type of type of uh situation or game like that that you can think of because you're still connected kind of to the youth being a umpire and knowing a little bit about what the kids are into and liking maybe so is there something you can think of a game like that that could bring more attention to the kids that that is actually that's a great question. I haven't given that a uh, whole lot of a lot of things, but it goes against everything we're talking about uh, with the automated strike zone. But for kids uh, to get them to watch a young uh, with the younger kids, I mean the graphics, like cooler graphics and stuff like that. Yeah. It's the initial thing that comes to my mind. That's a great question. Uh, gee, that's the initial thing. I mean, going more towards graphics and. Not necessarily stat, statistic-heavy graphics, but graphics to make the game look the game on television look a little bit like their video game. Yeah. Hopefully now they're playing so many. I mean, for lack of a more technical term, the shoot 'em up video games. They're not necessarily playing MLB games on the computer, but those that do have an interest in baseball. Yeah. And know the graphics. But as for a game, 
uh, a specific type of game. I think I'm hoping the Field of Dreams game is a huge hit. I'm hoping that yeah. because you know, like you said, guys, your age, you guys are look, you guys skew a little bit younger than Jamie and I, but people with young with younger kids too. I hope they turn it just to see that, and then it turns out to be a good baseball game, and that looks a few people. Yeah. Uh, but the other thing, the other thing, I love the wild card where people get that. The only thing now, now the complete saturation of baseball with the interleague. I think that needs to be scaled back and go back to uh, just a couple weekends a year when it's the Yankees match, when it's the, uh, the Orioles Nationals. Scale that back a little bit because now it's just saturated. There's an interleague game every night, and that when that first started, that was a little bit special. Mm-hmm. And we don't need to see everybody. We don't need to see the Twins play the Marlins. That doesn't have to happen. I mean, that seriously, that is a tragedy that yeah. people have to watch play the play the ball. Just to use that as an example, uh, but to scale that back so that that the the subway series with Yankees and Mets becomes more into uh, you know the the Dodgers Angels that series, yeah, uh, stuff like that. But no, that's a, that's a fantastic question, and that's something you guys should put a poll. Do people have an idea for a game like that? Uh, what what game? What type of game might bring people in? Yeah. Well, that's a great just question. just off the top of my head, I'm thinking like uh, uh, Tatis Jr. inspired game that just they're allowed to to bat flip and celebrate and dance oh, wow. with without being scared that they're gonna get nailed the next where yeah. everybody knows this is the game that we're going against tradition. <laughs> well, luckily for him, there's not that many totally Russos left in the game. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, see, and that's one thing. That's one thing. I pride myself on on being old school, whether it be coaching football yeah. or baseball. But that's one thing that makes me crazy. I like the I like I like the bat because I mean, obviously to a limit, but the bat. Oh no, no, oh. no! He just disappeared. No. But he was saying, I know he was saying he likes the bat flip. He doesn't want to see it every single bat. And I mean, if you get a triple or a double, like that's not bat flip material. But I mean, every single walk off home run should always be followed by a bat flip, in my opinion. And the more on the line the game is, the higher you should get that flip. Zoom, zoom. So. Oh, we were watching, I was watching the Phillies game over the weekend. Yeah. Yeah, Bryce Harper hit a bomb, flipped as bad as high as he could. I mean that's Bryce yeah. Harper, but yeah, I mean why not? Let's see it. Like we need some more animation. We need we need it to be allowed. I mean, if the pitcher wants Another- to flick the guy off or something, and maybe he shouldn't do that, but you know, give him the old Good. or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Another one I like is when they ca- they carry the bat down the first baseline a little bit, and they might drop it. Oh, I I like the the thought of that. Yeah. Carry the let's, bat let's to like- first base with you. All right, since we're there, oh, yeah. who, who are you calling out as the best bat flip in the game? Who's got the best bat flip? Is it Tati? I like Tati's right off the bat. She went with that. I mean. Yeah. I just, we, we have about three minutes left, and I want to thank Hank for joining. And for anybody who may have missed uh, this, you can – 
hop on any podcast location later on today and it will be loaded up so you can uh check out have it, it's an honor and i want to thank you for coming and i i don't know if you did this on purpose but it made me feel like you were part of the um the show bringing up the 79 world series though it was before my time it it was a game that the pirates which i'm guessing you might be a fan of uh took down the baltimore orioles so my team so one thing i want to leave with you guys because right before you you had me on you're talking about the savannah bananas yeah my wife bought me my savannah bananas t-shirt to take home so i'm ready nice. to go when i get back home. all right hey, fellas, i really appreciate you having me on thank you Hey, Hank, man, good luck, you, to you this good yeah. luck to you this season. Good luck to you this season. That group of kids is very lucky to have you and your coaching staff involved there. Man, I wish you the best. Um, you know, you got I appreciate it. You got hey, a good opportunity good right there. I wish I could Thank be up there to I help appreciate. you. Well, that would be that would be fantastic. But, yeah, I'm excited for this. Thanks, We're going to have a great time. And any interview that I finish with that, hey, go Trojans. Hey, Thanks, guys. Take care. Yeah, Bye-bye. go Trojans right there. Awesome. Awesome. All right. I got to tell you, one of my favorite bat flips like lately has been uh, Rough Ned Odor. I just love the way he drops it after he hits one. Really? I'll have to yeah. uh, check that out. I haven't seen him in action. Well, I mean, the guy with COVID has been the only one really hitting bombs for the Yankees lately, but every once in a while, Ruffnick catches one. I just like the way he just drops the bat. Kind of right. stares at the, kind of stares over the dugout, adjusts his helmet. It's pretty slick. Nice, nice. Yeah, and that'll be it for us. Check us out next week. <laughs> <laughs>